All right, so have you seen the giant cop sitting in the middle of a city game trailer yet? Yeah, actually, yeah, I did. I uh, gave it a watch just not too long ago, and that's certainly a large cop. It, yeah. He's he's even larger than, you know, Big Vampire Lady. This is the year of the big, like 2021, year of the big antagonist that, like, shit talks you constantly, and, like, you're like, oh, I want your approval because you're a giant godlike character, but also fuck you a little bit. I want to murder you. Well, you know, as they say, go big or go home. Well, I guess this is this game is kind of both. You, they went big, so you kind of can't leave home. Maybe you can't go home. I'm not really sure what you're doing in that game, but true. Yeah, so. So that actually got me thinking. What if that? What you know? This cop seems to be kind of right on top of it. Like they're very responsive to what you do. They're constantly watching you. You know, and that's and that as a giant cop, you know, is kind of scary. Yeah, even if the cop is sort of maybe actually doing good work or useful or whatever. What if it's a giant cop? But they're just lazy. They're just it's sitting. A, they're just sitting down. The giant job is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> they're just sitting. I like around. this. I like this idea a lot. Like they're just like, man, I'm, I'm gonna sit here in this town and just be a dick for the next eighty days. And instead of doing anything useful, they occasionally like just do kind of like super jerk like things that a cop can do. Like instead of say like stopping crime, they're just like. Eating like stores full of donuts while you think you know, the giant t- cop eats a donut store, like just picks it up and eats it. Yeah, just wholesale, just or just slides it kind of down <laughs> into his into his mouth. Just picture this opens, like opens shaking a, door. a donut shop over his head. It's like tiny donuts fall out like it's a bag. Yeah, I love this image so much. And then they put that down. They're like, ah, oh, all right, great. Need some coffee now. <laughs> Time for the coffee shop. Just they just kind of just a wake of discarded shop. Starbucks stores in its way. It's <laughs> like crumpled up Starbucks stores left on the ground. Oh, I love this image so much. Oh, I would pay to see a movie where just it's like need this coffee. Rip a Starbucks out of the ground. Oh, this game is not that, but oh god, do I wish it was. People calling him up, and instead of it being, he's just like, yeah, well, I'll get to it. Uh, uh. Hours later, he, like, pokes a finger down into it. Is, is it okay now? He's just kind of, like, using his large finger to just kind of tap very kind of or lazily at it. Oh, is it the okay? better version of like, that. A, like, on a car that was stolen, he's just kind of, like, just tapping the car, and it's just causing... An entire row of cars should just rumble because he's just going. Uh, You're forgetting okay. the better version of that too. So, like this guy, the, the guy in this trailer looks like he's like maybe like a local cop or something. Imagine if his response to a cop issue is, "Oh, that's too big for the local, so you have to call the state department or something like that." Like, you giant have to call cop. a larger cop. Yes, the larger cop has to be called. <laughs> he's just and a small l- town, literally large just cop. a larger cop, yeah, just a literally him. larger cop. Yes. Like, picks him up and puts him in his pocket. I don't <laughs> The trailer's so weird.
Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode number 237. So, I am Kraken Zero, a.k.a. Henry. With me, as always, is Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak. And missing, but with us in spirit, is Maeve, a.k.a. Alex. It didn't, but I'm gonna lie and say the snow got him. <laughs> wow, yeah. So where he is, let's just say that they've been getting a, a lot of snow. By their they, standards. Even by the. He's in a place that gets a good bit of snow anyways. Does it? Well, I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, like, where he is, yeah, absolutely like a, gets... I thought, like, a gets, foot was a lot of snow in Portland. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. I, well, a foot is still quite a bit. It's not like, you know, uh, North, you know, you know, New England's, you know... Yes, or, I, I understand I was raised on, like, hard mode for weather in some ways. Like, it's, it's the New England or Florida where it's like, yeah, we get snow hurricanes. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely way more than that. They are they're getting tons of snow, and that's also kind of wrecking havoc with well, like power lines for one thing. So that it's just literally snow way snow and ice weighing down the power lines and breaking them, <laughs> and that's the thing that happens, especially when they aren't kind of made to withstand that. Yeah, I'm not going like, to lie, I'm on their, like, uh, the Portland weather advisory starting now, and they're busy throwing a warning up of, like, at least two inches of snow and ice, and I'm like, okay, that's probably a problem there, but also my brain's just, like, fucking amateur hour. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more that they don't have the infrastructure to deal oh, with yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I lived in Pittsburgh the year that someone made the very bad decision to cancel our snow services or kind of swap our snow service stuff for other services and i think i've told the story before but i lived in a town at one point or next to a town where a guy like dethroned a like multi-decade long mayor by simply running on the platform of the roads will be goddamn clear next year <laughs> and like the guy was a fucking scumbag like everyone he's like yeah the guys that like, involved in local crime what's his platform the roads will be cleared and we're like yeah the roads will be clear he owns that union that <laughs> corrupt ass snow clearing union in this part of the state yeah I, the guy won and then proved on to be a pretty good mayor for that area and it was like what's he good at keeping the roads clear what else we don't give a rat's ass about anything else it's a lull it's a small town mayor in new hampshire we don't give a rat's ass about anything else. We care about roads being clear. Ah, we are a video game podcast. I'm not just a shit talking the weather podcast, are we? God, we talk shit. <sighs> you play anything lately? Yeah, so I actually picked something up because it was oh? cheap on the uh on the Steam store this weekend. This weekend has been the Lunar New Year sale, which they tend to run. Yeah. And I picked up Sonic Forces. I have heard yeah. bad things about that game, I think. Okay. All right, let me let me dive in then. All right. So, really the big reason I picked it up, the original character creator. <laughs> Okay, so not, I thought this was a gonna different... Lie. I thought you were talking about Sonic Heroes. This is, like... Right, I forgot. This is the one that's got the, like, fucking make-your-deviant-art-ass fetish 
thoughts on it, character creator. I totally forgot that that was this game. It's it's real fucking limited, though. I was actually kind of disappointed that I couldn't make like a really wild ass sort of. So yeah, your map doesn't go art. far enough. Okay. Oh, yeah. not even not even nearly. Uh, I'm pretty happy with what I created. I created like a purple cat, and uh, what you could be saying, uh, you could be you, you made a big the cat. No. But oh, it's the cat version. You also can't Got change it. the size of them. Oh, that sucks. If I can't make Big the Cat, what's the point? Like, yeah, I couldn't make a Big Chungus, yo, Sonic, you know, so... Can you make a Metal Sonic, at least? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, there are some of the sort of... So, it's not just the character creator, there's also tons of accessories. Yeah, I, I heard the, the more- game was, li- I heard it was like lousy with uh, really weird ways to unlock stuff. Uh, most of the ways to unlock stuff, actually, is just like get an S rank in the levels. That's pretty much it. But there's also daily rewards they can do. Alright, so, and most of those are like, do a thing, like, change your hat. Like, as simple as, like, change your hat. And then it'll give you, like, 30 minutes of, like, increased experience gain. And the experience gain is what you get when you beat a level, which leads, and that's how it ranks you. Like rank S is a certain amount of points in a level, and the points is just based on how quickly did you get through, how much stuff did you destroy on the way, and how many how many rings you collected, and if and how many times you died, and or yeah, or they just call it restarts. But because there's not lives in the game, so it's not like some of the other you know classic Sonic games where there are life counters just. Kind of like more like modern games where it's just retries, but there is a like I said, there's a mechanic in the game that does punish you does punish you for doing too many retries. So yeah, and after a certain number of retries, you just don't get any points out of that thing. But yeah, ah. there's tons of accessories, and they are like upper head, head, lower like head. You, there's just masks. And so then, I, I, like, I'm now dredging top. the memory of my brain because I remember hearing a bunch of stuff when this came out. Like, I is it weirdly easy? Because my impression is it's weirdly easy too. Um, it can be somewhat challenging sometimes to okay. pick up the uh, uh, pick up the actual like uh, you know, top ratings. You know, the S rank sure. on levels that can be a little bit tricky sometimes. Is some of the there? It's I would say this the I would say it's more like uneven. In, like the difficulty is incredibly uneven, and there's weird things that make it uneven. All right, so in some levels, it's not clear which direction to go in. The level itself, like, and that's weird to say. Some of the levels are just like it's a Sonic on rails, game. You or go to the feel like on rails. Well, so, well, no. Some of the levels feel like like just on rails. You just kind of run through it. In other levels, you actually have to do platforming and jump around in 3D. Hmm. And Is it good 3D and, platforming? No, not really. I think it was. It's not. It's not particularly challenging when it's in the 3D platforming part, but it's challenging for the wrong reasons. That is, the depth is a little bit hard to tell in some cases. Also, the hitboxes are a little squirrely. I would have to say, and. Some places you think you just walk between two platforms. It's like nope, you fall between them. It's like, well, how did I fall between them? And also, sometimes it's not entirely clear which direction to go because it it 
you would think with something like rings, they could always point you, like, go in this direction, here's a small trail of rings, and they do that sometimes, but not in the parts of the level where it's like you actually have to tell. It's like, they struck a well-designed level, basically kind of pushes you through it. It kind of gives you hints, and just subtle hints. That's one of the reasons like a lot of people don't necessarily know what a good level is, is because it's kind of undetectable when it's good. That is, it just it just seems like, well, I found my way through that level of, you know, kind of no in a certain sense not a not a big issue. It's because the level's well designed. It was designed well, the level was designed in a way to lead you to the end. And Sonic levels should do that and some of them don't. But also I found that the targeting was really inconsistent. So like many of the Sonic games, there's a sort of the targeting whenever you hop up in the air and then you press jump again and then it'll you'll launch into launch into an enemy. That's where it the enemy that it goes on to isn't necessarily the closest one or like it's it's really inconsistent. It'd be I think it would be better, and I and I think this would be a weird trade off. I'm not sure how how this would work out, but they want it to be fast so that you just hop in there and you just press it again. And you just sure. keep kind of keep doing that instead of having to like manually sort of select between enemies. But the problem is sometimes it selects the wrong fucking thing. So I uh, there's like early on just in the one of the first few levels. There's an area where there are enemies on the ground, and then there's something in the air that you can use your sort of grapple hook to latch onto. And that and it just doesn't auto swing. You don't control the swing at all, sure. it just doesn't auto swing through it. So if you're trying to you know, you're like, well, I need to get rid of those guys. But you know, you hop up and try to do it, and it then it auto swings you right into them and you just collide into them. So it's bad. So the stories of this game being bad are indeed true. It's mixed. I, I can see exactly why its 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 reviews are mixed on Steam. Like there's, like I said, like that's real annoying. Like there's points. No, I just want to attack these people. I don't. I don't actually want to swing on the auto swing thing. Which, like I said, sure. because you can't control it, you have no control over it. It just does an auto kind of. It latches on and just does an auto swing, and it'll just like barrel you right into a bunch of enemies, and you lose all those, lose all of your rings. Which, and there again, that goes. The rings are a huge part, probably bigger than any other thing. However many rings you get will get you an S rank if you just end level with a okay, ton so of rings. Okay, so it's almost just probably about collecting rings at that point to get the rank. It's not really about yeah. discovery, really. Yeah, uh, it's more about get through the level fast, get lots of rings. Try not to die too often. But the rings, I think, actually, especially when you get, like, 400 or something rings in a level, that's you're getting more score out of the rings than you are out of the other stuff. So I've heard this game compared a little bit to, like, Sonic Adventure Battle, where it was fairly linear levels, but there was an exploration. You got, like, moves that opened stuff up. There was, like, a Metroidvania aspect of it. Yeah, there are... Is yeah, there stuff like sti- that? Like, do you get, like, the ring bit. dash? Or do you get, like, the fire spin to bust through metal... Bl- uh, blocks and stuff like that. Well, that's the other thing. You also can't choose whether you're going to play as Sonic, or whether you're going to play as your original character on a level. Wait, what? So, some levels are just Sonic. One level is classic Sonic that I've played so far. 
And classic, classic Sonic doesn't have the targeting thing where you can hop up and like you know dash and air dash into the enemies. But he can spin. He can use the spin dash where you sure. hold down and you keep pressing the button, and then it you know goes into a spin dash, spin roll, and that barrels through enemies. And that's a completely different play control. And then the norm, then then yours, your normal Sonic has the jump and dash spin, and that and that's and then, uh, yeah, that's his that's his kind of main thing. But your character has a different style. You're not Sonic. So what you do is you have you you have a weapon, and the weapon it always grapples. It's always a grappling hook, but it has a secondary ability that's usually an attack of some type. So you don't even make your own Sonic. You make like a Sonic-looking character with none of the abilities of Sonic, really. Yeah, you don't get to spin dash, but you in effect you get something similar to it where like you hop in there and you use your wire to like do the same thing, you fly into an enemy just like you would if you were Sonic. So in that way, there is a similarity in the way that you would play Sonic. But additionally, you get an attack that you can use. Like it's just like does it the first feel the first the one same? you start out with? What's that? Does it feel the same? I guess like there's a feel like oh yeah yeah it feels it. it feels pretty similar. The 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 you're latching onto an enemy and flying into them versus oh, like Sonic hey. just going in and dashing into them. Just give him the Sonic move set at that point. Yeah, it seems weird. But and the weapon, it's the weapons vary wildly in their effectiveness. Like the first one you get is a flamethrower, and it sucks shit. It is so fucking awful. It's just absolutely worthless. Has shit for range. It's just hard to point. It's hard to aim. It has a weird fucking hitbox to it. Second weapon you you can pick up, fucking lightning whip. Motherfucker will clear out like the entire screen of enemies with like pressing it twice. It has like a massive wide range. I mean, I'm saying like screen filling, massive wide range of just like single whip, and it just trashes enemies. I'm like, why would I ever use this shit fire weapon again? Now, there, now to go into the Metroidvania thing, sometimes you're forced to use it because there's some routes through levels where there's a power related to the particular weapon. So the secondary thing for the flamethrower is a sort of boost, additional boost to your jump. Like, think, not just double jump, but, like, five extra like jumps. A fl- like a jetpack, almost, or like jump jets. It Jump jets, not like a jetpack, because it's not a f- constant thrust. It's, like, multiple jumps. And it doesn't, it's, doesn't feel great to use, to be honest. It feels kind of weird. Um, the, uh, the lightning whip gets a different thing where you, which is I think way better where you, if you get, and you have to find power packs for these to use them and the power gets used up, you have to find more power packs. And the one for lightning whip allows you to sort of like super chain through enemies very, and rings very quickly. So if there's like a line of enemies and rings, you'll just kind of zip through the whole line. And that's like million times better than these shitty, like, Oh, I can jump five extra times out of the same jump, but every time feels kind of weird and out of control, and not as hot and not that high. And it's just like that's a useless ability. I might. Why would I ever go back to that when I have lightning jump now? The only, I mean, 
there's some places that they don't give like they all take different power power batteries too so you can't go to the same point that it would give you a power battery for say the flamethrower and have it work with the lightning whip so yeah it's all right so that and that gets into the problem of what's called dominant strategy in games in game design where if there's a weapon that's just like kind of better than the others and it just works well for every situation people are only going to use that weapon they're not going to bother with anything else. Yeah, you, you have to give them good reasons to use the thing. It's like an alternate path, and the alternate paths also haven't been very satisfying. The lightning ones have been. The ones for fire are just stupid. So it's like there again. It's like I have no reason to ever equip that shitty weapon ever again. Not only is it shit as a weapon, it also doesn't even have interesting paths that you can take with it. Whereas the lightning one like takes you into really cool fucking paths. It's like, why would I ever not use the lightning gun? <laughs> so, yeah, I can see why it's gotten mixed reviews. Also, I don't know this, but it seems, uh, apparently some of the reviews say it's pretty short. I haven't gotten through the game I have completely. heard you can beat it in like four hours, yeah. And that's also sort of like, huh, a lot of wasted potential here. Also, the, I'll say this, the story is weirdly, really fucking dark. Like for the sort of aesthetic and music even of the game is like it's 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 a really fucking dark storyline it's like at one point it's like sonic's being tortured it's like what <laughs> well i mean I like mean, if you're going to have a, if you're going to give the fans what they want like the the ability to make your own sonic character you got to make it dark so the rest of us stay the fuck away from it. Like this is the this is the game Sonic fans have actually wanted, Henry. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like Eggman's gone, just like full on fucking Edge Lord in this one. He's yeah, it's kind of like yeah, almost like kind of terrifying, but yeah, yeah, but uh, is it Eggman I, I, or is it uh Robotnik in this one? It's uh. You know what? I don't even fucking Doesn't remember. matter. I was just kind of curious which one they were going with. Actually, like, yeah, I, I don't remember, to be honest. Because he hasn't been all that involved in most of the stage storylines. Sure. It's been this sort of other mystery villain. And the... Alright, so... Alright, uh, and, and I, I don't want to give away too much, but it's like, you, there, there has to be a reason why you don't use Sonic all the time. And, it's be, and there has to be a reason to use this original character. So, right off the bat, one of the things that happens is, is, like, Sonic is just beaten. He's straight up beaten. And, like, the only Wait, other person there is... Wait, they break Sonic in this game and your custom creator ass has to show up? Well, no. Nobody saves him. That's why he ends up being fucking tortured. Shit. And, and useless-ass Tails is sitting there watching him getting his ass beat. Like, just getting his shit beaten out of him. And, and Tails is there is like... Tails, you know, you could, like, participate in this. Like, we've seen you in other games. You're capable of doing shit. But he's just typing on a fucking thing, like, I'm trying to figure out about this enemy. And it's like... And he doesn't. He he, man he manages to... Not only were you useless in a fight, you're useless at the thing you're supposed to be doing, which is analyzing these enemies. Like, why the fuck were you even here? And then later on, it's like, you know, some of other, you know, Sonic, you know, people that became allies, like the, uh... 
the dude that's all colored, kind of pearlescent white, uh, silver, silver. Oh yeah, he's not actually silver. He looks more white. In any case, it's like silver has been sitting around. Like, where the fuck were you when Sonic was getting annihilated? Like, your supreme telekinetic powers could have been real fucking useful, dude. And like, uh, like Knuckles and like oh, the, the whole gang's there. Is just like, where the fuck were all of you? That the story, like I said, it's it's relying on some weird contrivances. Like, like I said, it's like, where the fuck were these super overpowered like allies of Sonic when he was just getting absolutely annihilated? I don't know. It's the, even the storyline is kind of like what? Like some parts of it, like I said, it just begins with a what? Where the where the fuck is everybody else? And why are you so useless, Tails? But yeah, where the fuck were you, Silver, with your like incredibly powerful telekinetic abilities? I just love the fact like, they brought back Silver of all things. Like, why? Uh, Shadows in it too. Um, <laughs> there's at least one level I've played where you can play as either Sonic or Shadow. I think the first time through you have to play it as Sonic, but oh. like he doesn't play any differently. He's not different, he just runs different. Yeah, he just, he skates. Oh, that uh, hurts. Why is that way. even a mode? I, why is that even a useful mode when he has, when he literally does nothing different? Like, yeah. there's there's no, I was like, is he gonna have some other ability that he uses that's unique? It's like, no. Because we gotta keep you know, the Edgelord fans you know, happy, the, Henry. You have to have Shadow well, there. Know, in the past, well, uh, well, this is the other thing, is like, in the past, you know, one of the things he did in Shadow the Hedgehog, didn't he use guns? Like, they could have given a fucking gun, and it's not like they didn't have that mechanic already in the game. Your OC character literally uses weapons. So, there's just, there's so many things in this game, like, missed opportunities, weird fucking choices, a lot of weird fucking choices. I don't know, it's... I may or may not even play through it. Uh, the, the parts that I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed. Definitely. The parts that I haven't enjoyed, I've been like, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah, that's... I didn't really play anything else. I haven't actually even been playing, like, the mobile game. Like, uh, I haven't been playing uh, KOF All-Star at all. I just... I, I guess I haven't seen any... There's no... As far as I know, there's no sort of campaign going on for any really unique characters, like any crossovers right now, but there might be right now, I don't know. They're probably running their Valentine's uh, thing at the moment, but, uh, event, but in any case, yeah, I haven't been playing Destiny. I, I don't know, I just haven't felt interested in playing it in a while. Um, I I think it was I think the problem was Beyond Light in that start kind so of. So the there is a new season off. upon us in Destiny, and it's yeah, a, I know. It, right now it's probably a good time to get back in. Like, I I think someone I was talked to put it best. Like the expansion was good, Beyond Light is good, Season of the Hunt was not great. In hindsight, I guess the other problem is I don't have a great way to play it because I still don't have a good video card. Yeah, so I would have to play it on. GeForce Go, and that's sort of like an hour at a time, which can get annoying if I'm trying yeah. to do things that take time. Yeah, it's not a you, you have an extra kind of wrinkle on that, but also so I think the big difference is so 
I'll just launch into my stuff. I've been playing that. Exp- I've been playing the new season of Destiny, and the big thing is that we're, we're at war with Keitel, Keitel, Alsa's daughter, whether however you pronounce her name. And the seasonal mode for this season is called Battlegrounds, and I, mm. I think they are for a unique seasonal activity. It's an own instanced off thing. I think it's the best one they've done ever, if Good. not in a long time. Like it is. It raises the question for me of why they just haven't mixed them strikes and the uh oh god the uh the hunts not the um not not the uh nightmare hunts no not the nightmare hunts well oh, yes the nightmare hunts but also there's another thing that got added as part of the uh, Beyond Light expansion that are kind of like mini strikes almost but they're not they're story missions like you could just make a playlist of those three slash four things and have a better strike playlist i think at this point like this the battlegrounds are the hordiest of horde modes we've gotten so far in destiny 2 like they're up there with gambit of if you just like to kill wave upon wave of enemies they're your thing there's some objectives to them but Hmm. yeah they're they're not hard the the kind of the loop form's pretty good basically you do those I'm sorry, you do other activities to get Cabal gold that you then use to charge up a hammer that you then use to smash special chests in the battleground modes. The difference being, also, the battleground modes are just fun to run, period. Like, there's only two maps right now, but they're still fun, at least at this point. I've run them a bunch. Like, they're not hard. They're not, like... You can see they're going to expand them. I suspect we'll get at least two more battlegrounds throughout the season, which I think will kind of breathe some fresh light. The biggest difference is there's just a playlist for it. Like, like there's Next to Vanguard Strikes, there's just go into Battlegrounds. And it just rolls it kind of from thing to things. So you're not stuck kind of looking for new stuff to do in that space. And that's just fun. The story kind of backs it up. It's kind of, a, it's it's neat what they're doing. It's a very, the storytelling for the seasons, the both seasons so far have been pretty good. Like this one definitely feels like, okay, this is reactionary to what you did last year to the Cabal, specifically during the dawning and the almighty season like this is kind of the cabal's latest gambit Keitel seems cool in a way villains haven't been a little bit like last season was just kind of lame where just there wasn't a lot to it you got reasons not to like Keitel this time around and it's also kind of cool seeing a female cabal period and also in charge of the cabal at all and that's a fun kind of thing they throw in there it it's a good season the guns are good they added a bunch of cool perks to that stuff that some of the kind of quality of life refreshing stuff they've done, I think, is also really good. Like the Gambit and Crucible ranking system is much better than the previous ones they've had in there. It the game feels good. It's got some. It's, it's still Destiny too, so it's still got some kind of ha huh moments. The uh, focusing Engrams is back this season, which makes the whole sunsetting thing they did with gear a little less annoying. I lost almost all of my armor I've been using for the last year or so to the sunset system in this one finally. So. I actually have to replace a bunch of my stuff. I, Having only been, like, roughly a week in it at this point, I think it's good so far. I think it I, it already feels better than the actual seasonal content for all of last season did, but also they're not, they're not kind of, they're avoiding FOMO this year. Everything you could do last season, you can now do during this season, and that's a good thing. There's less reason to do it because it's not quite as relevant, but it's there. Like, if you want to go back and do the, uh, Wrath hunts, the Wrathborn hunts, you can. You're not going to want to because they're kind of okay at best activities, but yeah, you can be super efficient if you're progress if you want to like stack the grinding mechanics on top of each other. I 
which I think is Destiny at its best when you can kind of make meaningful endgame activity progress by doing multiple things stacked at once. I, I'm still feeling it out. I, they made the smart move of putting a really good gun into Gambit, so lots of people are playing Gambit right now to get that gun, and I'm a fan of that. The Season Exotic is this cool-ass like multi-shot bow thing. I'm not doing it justice. It shoots exploding arrows. The lore for it is stupid in the best way possible. Yeah, it. in the same way that Dawning was a really good season of Destiny, and that was the second season of Shadowkeep, this is the second season of Beyond Light, and it's, it's really good. Like, I'm a fan of it so far. The stuff they're doing is cool. Now that I've said that out loud, I'm kind of curious, based on that pattern, how shitty next season will be, because the season that came after Dawn was bad. But <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I... It's interesting, yeah. They, they seem to be able to stick the, it's either a good season or a bad season, or it's a good expansion or a bad expansion, and binary, I meant to say it's a good expansion, but a bad season. I I don't know, in hindsight, I'm not sure, like, Season of the Undying was as bad as I think the Wrathborn Hunt stuff was, but... You know, funny thing is, I probably won't ever buy the expansion, and I'm just gonna wait until it's eventually rolled out as Yeah, and that'll free. be at the end of next, this year, slash start of next year, yeah, and it's a totally viable way of doing it. They've tuned back the stasis stuff, so Crucible's not a nightmare for that reason. Crucible's still a nightmare for other reasons. I, Yeah, I'm a fan of the season. The stuff they're doing is cool. They had buffed a bunch of guns in some cool ways. We're in a weird spot where all of a sudden, I think it's ham, I think it's pulse rifles, slug shotguns, and rocket launchers are the best weapons in the game all of a sudden. It might be hand cannons again. I don't know, but like it's a it's a mix of guns that you, like, if you had said that, you'd be like, okay, so we're back to Destiny 2 year one again for meta stuff? The fuck? And <laughs> I'm okay being there again, I guess. I, there's some neat stuff going on. I, I, The seasonal exotic, the bow thing, it's more fun than good, but it's also pretty good. The seasonal mod slot stuff they're doing, they're doing some cool stuff. Like, the throwing, uh, being able to put kind of a thing that affects the champions on a bow that, like, causes poison damage or does the kind of crazy exploding thing the way this, the seasonal bow does is a neat thing. There's lots of neat stuff going on that's fun. I'm not sure it's the best stuff necessarily, but it's fun, which I'm not sure I could say about last season's seasonal God, I'm not looking forward to re-equipping, like, finding new armor. You it have takes, to it just, anyway. It just, it just takes so many, like, fucking, like, shards to upgrade shit. Well, so, and... It's weird. So sunsetting the armor, I initially was kind of off-put by, but it also now forced me to just abandon my old armor because I had to go through the upgrading process anyway and kind of fully embrace this. No, you just fucking level and then you and then you power up the stuff you can at the end and you look like shit for a little while. And next season, uh, oh, that transport. reminds me. Did they? Did they have they? I guess they haven't implemented the system that they said they're going to. I thought that was coming this turn, season. It comes next season. We get the transmog system. Uh, but where you can, yeah, yeah, you could take armor and turn it into a cosmetic, essentially. Yeah, and it's still not clear how that system works. They've been very cagey about it. Allegedly, they're going to kind of scrub through your account and give you credit for any armor that's viable. But I still have a stockpile of armor that I. I heard a rumor once about you turn armor into stuff, so I'm like, I'm gonna keep all this stuff. A, for nostalgia, and B, if I can feed into a thing that turns into a cosmetic, I will. Yeah, so there's some stuff I definitely like the look of, and it's just like... <sighs> yeah. I, I I don't know. 
I wish that it, honestly, if that was in this season, that would definitely make me want to play this season. Yeah, it's not the end of the world, I guess. It's uh, well for me, uh, but for a game that is a loot shooter, it's like I kind of like to create a character that I like the way they look, not just dressed in roughshod shit armor. No, and I, that's the thing too. I have enough of the like, I have enough of the cosmetic or ornaments you get from playing that game that. I can still make a character I like, and I kind of I burn through the blues fast enough that I'm back to purple, so I can just kind of color stuff the way I want all over again. It just takes a couple more seconds than I wanted to. Yeah, I, I think once you have the ability to kind of permanent overlay certain armors, that will be a cool thing to have going forward. They added some really good ornaments for exotics this season too. The liar's handshake is this badass looking like gaudy bullshit thing. I, they also turn Izanagi's burden into a sword. Like, it's just a giant claymore with a, with a trigger on it. It's dumb. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's a fun season. Like, the stuff they got going on is cool. The gameplay is fun. The loop is good. But the cosmetic stuff, like, the armor is this silly-looking stuff with, like, like tennis balls on top of the Titan helmet. But also, it's very different-looking, and I gotta give them points for that. And some of the other ornament stuff is pretty badass-looking. But, yeah, I... So far, good season of Destiny, but I think I said that last season, and then I stopped playing for like two months because other games came out I wanted to play. <sighs> I I will say this, I definitely hit the ground harder running on this one. Like I've played more of this one right out of the gate, season-wise, than I did with the hunts last season. Like I, I was really hot and heavy with Beyond Light, and then the seasonal stuff started, and I went, oh, this isn't fun. And that's maybe the kind of weird separation of you have to talk about last season as you had Beyond Light, which was cool, and then the seasonal stuff happened, which you ha- had everyone going, meh, this is a game, I guess. And then my clan stopped playing because none of us wanted to play that seasonal content, but we all seem to be back now. So, yeah, that's kind of the measure. It's how active is your clan at that point in time. The, we're definitely more on all of a sudden again because we're having fun with the game. But, yeah, at least from kind of early takes, Season of the Chosen is a good season of Destiny. And I guess we'll see if it holds your interest for more than a few weeks. Yeah, it benefits from the fact that it's its own thing. It's not kind of coming off of, hi, is Beyond Light good? Because Beyond Light was good, and you could definitely tell they definitely were like, okay, we're going to front load this, and then the season of the hunt will happen, and people will be too fucking busy dealing with stasis stuff to notice that maybe the season's a little bit scant. And it's sad to say that because some of the lore shit in Season of the Hunt, like from a from a story of Destiny, from a characters that have been in the wings of Destiny finally coming back into focus in a meaningful way, that season was really cool. The game mechanic was just kind of like, okay, this is wasn't even bad. Like if it was bad, we'd all be like, okay, this is why it was bad, and we can talk. Well, about didn't that they all? I mean, like we've we've also lost some characters permanently, haven't we? Uh. Uh, three of the planets that got, were gotten rid of is just like the person is just like gone. Uh, we're not sure if they're gone, gone yet. The, we'll see when that stuff, if that stuff ever gets unbolted. Well, it's like Titan, like she was sticking around to just yeah, fight Sloan, to the death. Yeah, you're right, Sloan, Asher, and uh, brother uh, Vance brother... is gone. But I think also that if I was Bungie, I would use this time to swap out brother Vance for someone else because tragically the voice actor that played brother Vance died. I think a year or two back at this point. Yeah. So it was cool um, he was in the game still, but also it's the, yeah, it'd be cool to do more with him. Too bad the voice actor for him is no longer with us, and you'd have to do some weird, deep, fakey shit to make that voice. 
Yeah, I think... Uh, uh, have they introduced, like, new characters? Sort of? all the characters? Yeah, so... I mean, like, and we know, you know, Kate Six also gone. It's just like, there, there's a lot of missing, like, characters who are, like, gone forever. Well, so, and it's just and, like, they didn't really beef up the cast again. So they have. Osiris is more of a thing. Saint is more of a thing in some ways. This season seems to revolve a lot around, like, Zavala got a weird beefing up. Like, he's kind of, he's become much more of a personality that you have beef with and talk to and stuff. Like that. Um, Elsie Bray's around. She's... The, the Exo Stranger, I guess, as more people would know, or she replaces some of it. So far, both seasons have revolved around a character called the Crow, who, I guess, spoilers for last season, uh, at the end of Forsaken, Prince Aldrin, the guy that killed Cade, came back to life as a guardian, like with none of his memories, and he is now a main central character. And it sure as fuck looks like he may take the place of the Hunter Vanguard by the end of this year. Yeah, because they haven't. There hasn't been a hunter lead. Yeah, not really. And it's also a weird one too, where that whole thing is very different than it was in D one. D one, you had a kind of a weird connection to your vanguard representative, and now it's just Zavala runs the vanguard, and you're like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Like, Ikora's still alive, but she like this is gonna sound shitty. There's more talk about Cade, who's dead, than Ikora, who's just like in the tower chilling. Yeah, she just, she she's hasn't really, she's been off and on barely a part of the story. Yeah, she hasn't been a part of the story really since um, Season of the Undying? Yeah, ah, she or, she, or yeah. she was a part of pointing out the, or dealing with the pyramid that appeared. No, not even that really. Undying was the one but with that the was, But she didn't have much of a part in that one. Are you thinking of Eris, not um, Ikora? Akora was also involved in that too. Nowhere near as much, I guess. I don't remember her being. No, part of not that. as much because she's really rarely ever used in fucking anything. Yeah, it's just like uh, maybe that. Maybe that's one of the things they're trying to do, like clear out some of the characters so they can focus on some of the other characters. Well, maybe it's... give give them like a meaningful, you know, a growth and quest line. Well, it. They talked about this a long time ago. That was always the plan for Destiny. And part of what makes this season cool, I guess, is um, Saladin, the uh, the host, the kind of the battle, the crucible commentator from Iron Banner, is a main yeah. character in this. He's showing up in stuff that's not crucible related. Like he's you're in kind of active ground war, all out fight with the Cabal in this season, and the kind of front, or the kind of the siege commander, whatever his correct title is, or his position, is Saladin, because the dude has, of like, of the existing guardians at this point, dude is old and has way too much experience just, like, waging prolonged wars against kind of enemies at this point, so it's him, he's very much there, and he's kind of cynical, and here's how you wage total war, and Crow, who is still kind of naive when it comes to some Destiny shit. Like, that, that's kind of one of the cool things about Crow is he's a character, if you're a veteran player, you know and have some baggage with because, you know, he killed Cade. But the character's all new, but also he's dealing with all the baggage that came from, hey, you were Prince Aldrin at one point. You did some shit that was bad. Like, canonically, Guardians frequently beat or used to beat Crow to death on sight kind of thing as, like, retribution for Cade. 
and then he just came back because he's a guardian and gets reborn kind of thing. Like it, it, the crow stuff is beautifully dark and messed up, and as a result, you have this character that, like, from an outside perspective, is why are we fighting the cabal? And you have Sal who's like, because they're fucking cabal. Just shoot him in the head and do it. But no, why are we doing this? Right, you're new. The cabal killed millions. The cabal deserved no sympathy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess that's the other thing. Like. I feel like, all right. So this is this is a a a, fant- a fictional trope, practically. I guess at this point, but especially in fantasy and sci-fi, I've never liked the idea of like this race is evil. Well, it's- Why? Because they are this race. It's just like that's incredibly like racist, as well, a matter of fact. Well, the exception like, of the hive, and even the hive are like. No, no, they're the ones telling you they're evil kind of thing. Like, they're very much like, no, we're evil and we know it kind of thing. There's no real evil races in Destiny. Um, Because uh, the Hive exists to consume all life. Like, they're very upfront about this fact. Like, they they are the Eldritch Horror aspect of the Destiny community, I guess. Like, they are... Yeah. But they I they guess, are literal Eldritch but, Horror I mean, but, but the many other races that exist is just like... Like... I don't know. I, they're just like they're the enemies. Why? Because they're this race. Ah, the game, ex- game explains that it. Never that never. What's that? Uh, the game explains it. Like the Cabal are an invading force from other galaxy. They weren't even really a big deal in D one, D two, when they kind of like shut off the travel. But that doesn't that mean that like the Cabal are just universally all of them evil? No, they're not personified as evil. They're just an invading force to the Soul System. Like yeah. no one's calling them evil till they did the whole Red War thing and committed lots of war crimes. Like, the Fallen, which is the main antagonist of Destiny up to a certain point for a long time, there is a history in the game of, like, yeah, they literally eat children. Like, they they have tried to wipe out humanity on multiple occasions because they want the Traveler back and there's a grudge match going on. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's like, I don't know, I feel like the game still has just, like, this Good evil thing, and I. And you would like, like to be reality on light is, stuff then, because reality is more. It, it, it isn't so cut and dry like no, that. No, and and that's what the beyond not, light not stuff. Not always. There are cases it. where it's like you know, like clear war crimes and things like that. It's just like, but it's just like, but the uh, saying that this entire race is like this. Why? Because it's their. It's the. It's the race. It's just like. That never sits well with me because it's it reeks of racism. It reeks and of colonialism and so and, in a and, weird and way this nationalistic game calls that out. supremacy. Like, this season calls that out some. Like there's conversations about like yeah, there are from a like human standpoint, there are good elixir now. Like the whole Mithrax and the House of Light thing is a thing. Yeah. This entire year's been doing that some, I guess. Like you have the good fallen and the bad fallen, and the good fallen are just kind of like, no, we're just trying to survive. We're willing to work with humans. The bad fallen are, we want to wipe the humans out because the traveler is their favorite now, and we're pissed off about this. There's a lot of nuance. Like The whole introduction of darkness powers also brought kind of shades of gray. The, the, The actual story of the Beyond Light expansion is okay, shades of gray, and bringing some of the... There's always been the shades of gray theme in the background of the game that you had to unfortunately dig into some real obscure lore for the game to find but it's been there like the whole gambit mode actually if you get into the not well surfaced in the game lore that it comes back to it like it like it gets surfaced hard in this season 
but like the explanation of Gambit is it's actually a game of like Shades of Grey. Like it's the what you're doing is technically dangerous, but also people have used the quote light for some real fucked up stuff in the past. So like, why not use the like, part of the problem is the game uses the phrase light and darkness, and we have pre-programmed dumb bullshit as humans about what those terms mean. And Beyond Light is all about like we call it the light because we call it the light. That was a mistake. Like this thing, it's like the ocean is not evil because it's full of salt. It's full of salt because it's the ocean. Yeah. And the game actually uses that metaphor at one point, where just it's like it gets into the idea of the ocean is technically water; it's just poisonous water. Why is it everywhere? Because it is. And it's not fair to be mad at the ocean for not being drinkable water. Situationally, it may be bad for you, but the ocean has done nothing wrong except exist. It's like, hi, I'm the ocean. I'm full of poison, yeah. technically. I and you know I keep coming back to this. I just still feel like. Bungie is still shit at telling a story. I don't know. This story-wise, this last season and this season so far have been really good. Like I, I but uh, but uh, no, I I think they're shit at telling a story through the gameplay. No, and that's that's the thing I'm saying. They do a better story this time around. Like the crow stuff I talked about is all through cutscenes and like radio dialogue you get from doing missions. The stuff I'm talking about, they kind of surface in a hard way, is all just like chatter in the game from characters as you're doing shit, or, like, stuff they tell to you when you talk to them. It's it's more in the game than it has been previously. There's still some buried stuff, like, if you want to get into the deep, cutty stuff, but the whole, like, maybe all fallen aren't evil aspects, that's in the game. It's Saladin and Crow talking about how Sal- Crow used to hang out with a bunch of Elixney, and he has more fondness for Elixney because, or that's, sorry, Fallen Elixney did the same thing. He has more kind of fondness for them because well, the Guardians kept murdering him. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I'll say this, I think they've gotten better at it, yeah. but it's like, right, so if you go back and play the Marathon series, you can completely miss the entire storyline. No, and I'm not saying that they're... Like, almost utterly, because they put all the storyline in these uh, terminals. Like, all the story and all the neat, interesting stuff, which, there's some really cool lore there, is completely immiscible, because it's not, like, a part of the gameplay. It's not an essential thing that you go through, it's just like, these terminals everywhere that you can read. It's just like, that doesn't really tell a story. I'm not saying it's not telling a story problems. through the like, gameplay. That's been a problem th- in the game, too. It's just like they've gotten a lot better at it this year they've, so far. Yeah, and I feel like there's some things that have been a little better at it. But like I said, it's just like, and I, and I think it's difficult for an ongoing game like Destiny 2 to a certain extent, but just like, um, what you're doing day to day in Destiny doesn't, feel terribly tied to what's going on, it's gotten a little better at that. But I mean, like, like I said, I just feel like this has been a a long-time problem with Bungie that's only just now starting to get better. Yeah, I think... Like, I think like, it's, it's, biggest... not there, it's not the fact that they can't think of interesting stories and lore. They've been bad about incorporating that into the game proper. Well, I think like the biggest kind of change of... It's not as perfect as it wants to be, but the season does kind of start and has a couple early on moments of, like, all jokes aside, previously on Destiny. Like, they, they remind you of why some of the stuff is the way it is really early yeah. on in the I, season. I guess, I guess the other thing that gets me is, like, and, and this reminds me of the Terminals in Marathon series, is the fact that so much of the lore, I'd say 80% of it is locked away in the achievements or whatever, you know, the, whatever, the logs and stuff. Yeah, 
cards. The, the, the kind of deeper cutting stuff is there, and I think it's like that. That's for kind of the people that really want to look for it. But yeah, but there's a better like, sense of what's going on definitely this season than previous ones. But yeah, that and that's and that's been my problem. It seems like just I would have to spend hours just reading instead of playing the game to learn about the game. Yeah, and I think at that point, this is a shooter, not a not a RPG necessarily. Like its core, it's still I want to shoot the space bugs, but. If they're uh, they're going to lean into the story this heavily, like the gameplay itself should more often like feel like I'm you know I'm doing this for a reason. That's why like the you know a couple of seasons ago the you know the recaster with the if, with the public events was was really good. It, it felt like you're doing something towards a purpose. That's what I'm saying. Felt, That's that, was, yeah. This season's been much better. Even last season, the gameplay wasn't good. From a like t- tying into what you're doing standpoint and why you're doing it, this season's been really good. Like Beyond Light's been really good for that part. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what uh, uh, you know why I eventually why I was just like, and I didn't even really give Beyond Light chances. Just like I was just used to every season being like, here's random things to do and like eighty percent of the lore and these it locked away in your menu. It, it it just felt detached. I just felt like I was playing the game in a very detached manner, and just I don't like to play games robotically. Yeah, it's it's not perfect. I think it's it definitely feels more lived in, if that makes any sense. Like, and I think that's where the battleground stuff really succeeds. Like the the game at one point mentions the fact that the Whoa. loot you're getting out of it is not like you're not just taking it to take it. You're like technically taking it by cabal. Trial by combat laws, technically, like. It's but, the, but I guess yeah. I don't like reading and so. No, that's doing. what it's said. Like that's that, that's stuff that's said in the game. Yeah, yeah. A character remarks. It's like, yeah, no. Uh, you're not just. I, I think it could. It. You're I think it, it would right. help, like just having a larger hub city. Yeah, they like, do that. Just, there's just more characters around. Where you know, it's really just like five characters that you can even talk to in the entire city, and that's that makes it feel not very lived in. Makes it like you know you're in this last city, and it seems like this really cool idea. You're in the last city in this, you know, but also you have this tiny little section of it where only you can only interact with like five people. Yeah, that's also just like the game design at that point. Like again, that's more of an RPG thing than a shooter thing at that point. Like, yeah, but if you're gonna lean this heavily into lore, you need to have more about the lore. I mean, if they wanted just a shooter, it can be Division Two. I don't know to tell you on this one. Like, I think the season's better at that. I, I, I've not had the same problem you've had with it, though, too, but I've also been in this game since the start, so it's like, yeah, it just, you, you kind of just pick up this stuff playing with people, I guess. But Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the other thing is, like, I've been, you know, playing Bungie games since Marathon, so it's like, I've kind of gotten used to what they do. You have your own baggage at that point, too. Yeah, and Halo was especially terrible about telling... The Halo series is shit about telling the story through the gameplay. That one's a weird one, because I think it did a fine job. The issue was the books existed, and the books were like, but actually, and I'm like, this wasn't in the game, it doesn't count. No, the books yeah. are canon. It wasn't in the game, it doesn't count. Like, this is at least technically in the game. Yeah, technically in the game. I don't yeah. know. It just seems weird to make me have to read books in my menus. I, I will always stand by, I wish there was a podcast system inside of Destiny to make that shit read itself to you, but... Ooh, that'd be really fucking good. It's a good. topic that comes that up. Would, every that would bring it a lot, bring it to life, but it also would require paying voice actors for hours and hours and hours and hours of voice acting. 
Just feed it into a talk-to-speech program. That'd be real weird at that point. Yeah, that wouldn't sound nearly as no. good. Yeah, um, no. I also fell down a rabbit hole where I don't know why, but I chose to watch all of the cutscenes. Like, I mean, like, all of the cutscenes from all three StarCraft 2 games. Hmm. I don't know why. I think after our, like, Jim Rayner jokes from last week, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> I want to watch some Jim Rayner being Jim Rayner bullshit, and then it became, I watched some Kerrigan being Kerrigan bullshit, and then it's like, alright, the Protoss suck! I'll watch their bullshit too, I guess, but I should play StarCraft 2 again. Like, all of it. They yeah. also, I... I also will stand by I'll, that. I'll, like, it, I don't have access to any of those games anymore yeah. because the, you know they're again like all right. You shut you know, down I'm, your Blizzard me be, account. Me being me being the point of sale person, uh, you know, fan of point of sale. When you buy a thing, you should get to fucking own it yeah. and keep. And the fact that like if you go do away with your account, it does away with everything on the account. That doesn't sit well with me. No, nope. you know, at the very least, something like you know, on itch.io. Well, not all of them. Some itch.io games are on Steam exclusively, but uh, uh, but especially on good old games, I can download the game and install it any fucking time I like, and it, and and I could have, I could, I could literally delete my good old games account, and as long as I downloaded all the games that I bought, I still own them. So that that. Still doesn't sit well with me. I still am kind of like, fuck you, Blizzard, your model is bullshit. Yeah. feel the same way about Steam, where it's like, I have a bunch of games on Steam, it's just like, and if I ever, and Epic as well, it's like, if I ever just like, something, or if something happened to either one of those services, like if they stopped going, it's just like, you lose all those games. We've talked about that in depth in the past, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to belabor it. But no, yeah, mostly it was me reminding myself through StarCraft. I'm like, right, I love how the Space Marines look in this game. It's one of my favorite Space Marine designs. This power armor. I'm like, yeah, it's power armor for, like, rednecks and power armor. Like, this is dumb in the best way possible. That means it's time for news. It's a weird week. News? Yeah. We got lots of news. Yeah. News. We'll start off with the news I wish Alex was here for because he'd have jokes, but... I don't think a kind of an outcome has happened yet, which I think maybe means the bad outcome happened, but it got announced by Bloomberg, of all people, that EA is like having a set of internal meetings to decide what the fuck they're going to do with Anthem. Like, the fate of Anthem is finally being decided after, what, two years? A year? I don't yeah. know how long it's been. And the big thing is, like, for what they would want to do, which is basically to really overhaul it, would just take a huge investment and they're like can we do we really want to take that investment like what would be our return on it and that's of course as a company you think about investment and return like how do we pay our employees if this thing is a bomb yeah and i'll be the i will be the first one to say this as much as i like would love to see the revamped anthem happen just don't at this point like outriders comes out in a couple months and i think that might be a real problem for the looter shooter space because that game looks cool as shit and it's kind of doing the maybe not quite what anthem was doing because i the cool things about anthem you could totally do in like a sequel to anthem or like another game like just give me my cool iron man simulator game that's not fucking marvel based that's all <laughs> i like anthem for at this point i the crowd that's super into that game i super support your willingness to play a game where the numbers only go up and there's literally no other reason to play that game at this point, but also, you're having fun, you're having fun. Yeah, it, 
I, I know I said like I defend that game a lot, and I'm not. Like that game had a bunch of problems I thought were dumb, but I thought the gameplay was cool and the from a like customization in an MMO standpoint, the whole Lancer thing was neat. And the mechanics of the Lancers were neat. Like anytime you let me play in power armor in that style of game, I'm immediately kind of going, Okay, you have my attention now. But yeah, the fact we've heard nothing on this topic since this whole article went out there does not fill me with hope. But mm. we'll see, I guess. I I haven't even gone back to that game in a long time. I keep thinking about doing that just to kind of see it off into oblivion. But <laughs> if they kind of can it, I'll go back and finally give it up another shake just to be like, yep, I saw the stuff they added after I quit. Yeah. I'll be done. It does sad me. For other reasons, I was going through the art book for that game a couple of weeks ago, and it's still a hell of an art book. Like, it's one of it's one of, if not my favorite video game art books I've ever owned, just because like what they were doing with that game at one point was fucking badass. What we got was a shadow of what that thing was supposed to be, potentially, but that's video games. While we're talking about looter shooters, though, let's talk about Borderlands the movie for a quick second. They've added uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Tanix. Sorry, Tanix. Tanix is Destiny. But more importantly, they've added Jack Black as fucking Claptrap, which seems like a weird waste of an actually funny person on Claptrap. But yeah, the point of Claptrap. Sure, he'll do it justice. Sucks. I mean, we we've heard him do voice acting oh, before. He'll be great. So. The issue is Claptrap sucks, and Claptrap isn't supposed to be good. Yeah. I'm not sure if you want to have play Claptrap. You want to have just like a sad, depressed person play Claptrap that's like not intentionally being funny, but you're laughing at their pain because you're a monster person. That's what the entire character is based around. Like, it's the it's the humor of, oh, this robot absolutely sucks. Got it. Uh, but more video gamey based stuff. They announced the tale, uh, Tales from the Borderlands is back in digital storefronts. I feel like we talked about this thing getting ganked was, at one point. I have no memory of that happening. It was uh, well, for one thing, I don't think it was. I don't think it was uh, very well reviewed. Maybe I, I think remember. that that's my favorite Telltale game, but not uh, the Batman. The ones are better, but that's a hell of a Telltale game. Oh, that's probably why, because of the Hotel Tale thing that happened. But yeah, on February fifteenth, <laughs> you'll be able to buy this thing again. Uh, unlike the last time we talked about a game returning. Um which was the Sinking City. This one seems like it actually will show up when it says it's going to be. Yeah, it's a weird one. I think, yeah. Like yeah, you I, said, with what happened with Telltale and all, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it's back at all in any form. I'm glad it is, because I think it's one of, if not the best Borderlands games ever made. Like, it and Borderlands 2 are the best Borderlands games to date. Like, Tales from the Borderlands is better than Borderlands 3. Fight me. <laughs> I throw that one down as a gauntlet kind of thing. Listen, like everything, like it. Tales in the Borderlands is the moment of oh shit, this world's actually kind of cool. And if it wasn't for this weird open world looter shooter thing, there's something here that could be a better game. But also, Borderlands I have to say that none of the characters in Borderlands Three really caught my interest, like the Borderlands Two characters. Yeah, did. I. And so I never end up buying it. I was just like, I literally not interested in any of these characters. They they just... I mean, it's like, I like the Borderlands 1 characters. I, I kind of like them, actually. Like, Borderlands 2 characters, I was like, they really, like, went out and, like, got some really unique and interesting and crazy yeah. characters. And then 3 is just, like, kind of 
bland vanilla characters. Well, I you're forgetting like. the pre-sequel, which I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, too, where I used to work with some that thought that game, I said that game was fantastic, and he was only, and it was this awkward one, like, so, which character are you playing? Oh, that character came out as DLC two years after the base game came out, and it's the only one anyone yep. plays as. Like, yeah, I, yes, it's the good character. The entire batch of characters they added after there was only one character worth playing in the base version of the pre-sequel stuff. Yeah, Borderlands 2 just came with... Uh, I think most of the characters were released pretty soon, like uh, the Mech- Yeah, the Mechro, uh, Yeah, Gage got released, I think, like a month or two after that game, and then yeah, it, it was pretty quick. And that's, and that's the character I generally use. I yeah. thought she was the most, most fun. But Krieger is also like a fascinating character. Yes, you got his internal speech, which is normal, but what came out is now just like, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, that you no. <laughs> Such, and- there again, like, some really cool, really interesting, neat cast of characters, but three is just like, eh. Yeah, there's. There's, there's a character for everyone there. I like Amara the most. Mose was also kind of cool. The one people locked on to heavy was um, the assassin guy whose name I'm blanking on right now, who I just could not get behind playing as and black was too weird for people i think in some ways like the gameplay did not match up with what you wanted that character to be but also sniper characters in that franchise have always been fucking weird so eh. uh but we got yeah, one I'm looking more. at yeah yeah i was just saying i'm looking at the character saying yeah yep completely forgettable like i literally couldn't even remember them it's how forgettable they were yeah. in any case Continuing on. Yeah, our, our last Borderlands news. So, uh, the director's cut DLC for Borderlands 3 is coming March 18th. You don't have to wait long for this. It's always when they call something a director's cut when it's just kind of more for an existing game you own. But, uh, well, yeah. It's, that's a weird name for it, considering it's just like the game with the DLC. That just yeah. means they should just call it like a, you know, a gold package or, you know, other terminology that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, yep. Director's Cut, I'm expecting, like, new stuff thrown in the game that was initially cut on the cutting room board, you know, floor. It doesn't make sense with a game where there's... you're If you're not doing that with the game, it's it's not a Director's Cut. It's yep. just... Yeah, I don't know. That's weird fucking branding that doesn't, that doesn't tell you what, what what it actually is. Yeah, it's part of the season pass, or it will cost you 15 bucks if you don't have that. It comes with a raid boss and some kind of story content, but not a ton of it, it doesn't seem. I, As someone who barely finished the base game version of that game, I I continue to enjoy the fact that I have one of the ridiculous Borderlands loot crates in my garage more than I think I enjoyed that game, in <sighs> hindsight. I like those loot crates. They're cool. Fun having a plastic treasure chest. Yeah. I just saw it. The game just didn't look interesting to me. I, it's not, like, yeah. As someone who, like, in theory, should have been all into that game, given and like, I played two a lot. Yeah. I played I, one and two quite a bit. We haven't talked about this in a while, but like to this day, if you go back and look at my time spent on an Xbox 360, it's every other game at like seven. I got thirty percent of my time on that console, and then the rest of it's all Borderlands too. <laughs> but a lot of that game, way too much. Of that. Yeah, keep with our looter shooter trend. Let's talk about the Division Two real quick. Again, wish Alex was here for this because he's the one of us that played the most of that. But in a kind of su- su- seeming surprise announcement to everyone involved, not just the fans, but also apparently the devs ever so slightly, 
there's more Division 2 content coming in. I guess they just kind of put out something that was a lot of people assume was the final installment for that game, I guess. And now we have another year of support coming, so enjoy Division 2 community. Uh, this The confusion is started by the fact that the people working on the uh, Star Wars game Ubisoft is making are also the people that, in theory, might be making this. So that's a choice. See how mm. that plays out. What if you just put Star Wars? You put RE there, you put Star Wars. It won't be that weird. But, yeah. No real dates on when it's going to start coming out, just that it's happening. I keep forgetting that game exists, and I feel bad about that occasionally. <laughs> Do a quick one. They've announced the next Sonic movie called Sonic 2. Not yep, something Sonic weird. the Hedgehog 2. I mean, they didn't go with a, like, you know, weird naming system as seems to have been the trend. They're just like, Nope, it's just Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Good. I'm glad. So it's not like Fan 4 Stick. Or, you know, Too Fast, Too Furious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you want to do, like, uh, how'd you even do that? Um, Sonic Rush? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. It's like, hey, the first time in a long time when I've just seen a sequel that's just like the title 2. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, it's just Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Even that, it's that's simple. it. Yeah, and also, like, uh, it doesn't give anything away. Uh, there's a teaser at the end of Sonic the movie that heavily implies Tails will be in this one, so it's already a worse movie because yeah. Tails. And I just established that uh, Tails has gone from basically just another Sonic that can also fly into fucking useless some reason. If they want to make Knuckles the villain of this movie, I would be totally on board with that. And that's what he started as. Yep. He was, he's he's the Vegeta. Yep. He's the uh the the weird Vegeta to the Goku Sonic. Oh, I really hate that that's now in my brain. 100% <laughs> right. You're welcome. Sonic even goes Super Saiyan, so, you know, when he gets all the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying it's saying. Really? We had a full week potential without bad puns, and you had to ruin that for us. <laughs> uh, that was for you, Alex. That was for you. Bastard. Alright, uh, where to go from here? Um, eh, let's talk about some acquisitions for a quick second, I guess. Uh, EA has bought mobile developer Glue. And Glue has, like, actually pretty big developer. That's why they bought them for, like, in the billions. It was, like, for three billion. So, I mean, they didn't just, like, buy, sweep up some very small studio. Like, Glue has put out some pretty big mobile titles. Remember when fucking Pop Top Games, the guys that made uh, Angry Birds sold for a million dollars, they all were like, what the fuck is going on? And now we're here. Yeah, and... I think I think the or I'm trying to look at the amount. I don't see it here, but I saw it. I think it was three mil three. No, uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember the actual amount it was. Maybe it wasn't quite that high, but it was pretty high. But yeah, Glue Mobile has done a lot of like a lot of different games, and so a lot of like kind of major games, and they've done. Yeah, uh, uh yeah. Actually, the at this point. They've made. They also own a lot of other games because of uh, other studios that they've bought along the way. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like 
Uh, maybe EA is looking to go harder into the mobile market, which is very lucrative, very extremely lucrative. But in any case, keeping with that trend, we've got our uh, dear friends Tencent buying another company. Uh, they've bought a minority stake in Bohemia Interactive, the Daisy folks. But so that's a pretty this a while ago, and we we're kind of waiting to see if it happened. Yeah, and that's there again. This is a a you know, it's a minority stake, but it's a substantial stake in a major company. Like 10 cent corners seem to be more and more common. Yeah. Remember, minority podcast. stake just means like 49% of the company potentially. Like it's Yeah. Anywhere from 1 to 49%, yeah. but it's just like Yeah, uh yeah, it's they're 10 cents on a increasingly global push. So you know, the, you know, it, you know, as far as just straight news, that's just what they're doing. They're, you know, it's like we're seeing companies. You know, they're just Tencent's just another gigantic corporation looking to increase its reach. Yeah, uh, we have another company, uh, Tiny Build, just bought um, three other indie companies. What is Tiny Build? I guess more accurate, it's a publisher. All right, so uh, no, no, they're de- they're a developer. Okay, like uh, they've. Um, uh, they're a developer and a publisher. I think they're mainly a publisher, but uh, but they're more known for a uh, uh, let's see, Hello Neighbor. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember where they're from. I'm like, I know, I know they exist. They've bought Among three smaller ones. studios, which are um, Hungry Couch, which is a fantastic name, Moon Moose, and We're Five Games. We are five games. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. That's what it says. We're, as in we are, five games. Hungry Couch is my favorite game dev name ever. That's a a great name, honestly. Very suitable. But yeah, they're, like, they've they've kind of, you know, produced, you know, they haven't developed so many games. They've mainly just been a producer of games, but yeah, it's, there's quite a few games, though, under their, under their belt at this point. It's yeah, so yeah, they're just kind of increasing uh, their, you know, what uh, what they do with their publishing. I guess thus they're increasing their business. Grow fat from strength. You want to talk about the Epic Store real quick? Sure. All right. So uh, we've got good news and bad news, I guess, for the hardcore gamer crowd out there. On one hand, Kingdom Hearts finally coming to the PC. Just on all the of Epic them, Store. like all of them, literally, yeah. But exclusive to the Epic Store, Epic Bad. Yeah, would have been a great week for Alex to be here with all our Epic news. Uh, yeah, and Kingdom Hearts news too. I, I, we all care about so much about Kingdom Hearts, but yeah. So among kind of, <laughs> a list of other exclusives they got out there and announced, this is the biggest one. I prepare for a lot more Epic exclusives this year. By the way, they were very upfront about yeah, they're coming. We got yep. more of them. It's, yeah, so this is, uh, for clarity's sake, this will be uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Cut, Kingdom Hearts 3 plus Remind, and Kingdom Hearts Memory of Melody are all coming out March 3rd of this year. God, I hate Yeah, I'm, I'm reading that much. I'm just angry uh, now that those are names. 2.5. No. Fuck you. That's not a thing. That should never be a thing. 2.8 already- is worse. I'll, yeah, 2.8 is even worse. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, 
You're, you're almost to three, but not quite. What the fuck does that even partially mean? Well, like, uh, like Brood I War. Could, I could kind of get the Final Fantasy ten two naming thing. And, well, you know, and sequel, then they yeah. did that later on with thirteen two. It's just like, uh, it's it's kind of a sequel, kind of like part two, you know, this, this game part two, because all the Final Fantasies tend to stand alone. And, but Kingdom Hearts 2.8... What the fuck does 2.8 mean? <laughs> what is that even? Yeah, I, it, in my mind it was always like it's the like StarCraft, you StarCraft examples of that bunch today. It was like Brood War. It's like, okay, that was StarCraft 1.5, but it also was a full fucking expansion kind of thing. Like, we don't do that anymore. We do DLC bullshit. Like, expansions aren't really a thing outside of WoW at this point in time. Ellie's calling them expansions. Yeah. I guess Destiny kind of does too, but I'm not even sure what the fuck to call those at this point. Year ofs or whatever. But yeah! In the true monkey's paw moment of PC gaming, Kingdom Hearts finally comes to PC, but it's coming. And I, for one, look forward to how well Square Enix treats the the PC community after they've been up to lately. Mm. Not a great track record when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah. Yep. I guess on the opposite side of the spectrum, we can talk about uh, China's version of Steam. It has only, literally, it has 53 games. Only 53 <laughs> games. That's unsurprising. I, I wonder which 53 games they are. I think I have I the, list the list in here. Let me see if I can get it. But, yeah, that's that's unsurprising, considering that, you know, they have to go through a, a long vetting contract. Process not only quite strict vetting process to be sold in China, but it's also can be quite long. Uh, yeah, I, I see a picture of it. It all I mean, fits in one screenshot. Yeah, it's it's less than my uh, wish list is. Oh yeah, my wish list is way longer than this. It has such exciting games as Wallpaper Engine, that Dyson Ball Project. Please tell me that's not a thing. New Noodle Man. Oh no! I'm reading this off. Of I it. know. Uh, some of them are, uh, I think, are definitely developed in in China. Some of these are. Um, other name well known games such as Fast Paced and Very Hectic. Those are game titles. Um, I mean, sound yeah. I bet they're mobile ports. <laughs> oh, oh! I bet some of these are. Um, as far as like games that are sort of, I would say, worldwide AAA games, you have GS Go, Dota Two, um, RP- RPG Maker. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of scouring the list to see if I see you know how many more I see that are actually uh, kind big of tickets, big tickets. And uh, that's kind of it. Yeah, we, we can stop dunking on this. The mo- joke is, yeah, no, it is what it mo- is. Mo- most of them are. I mean, they're again like unsurprising. Most of them, them in right now are like seen. I, I'm. It looks like Chinese based. I can just tell because like the titles are in Chinese, so they're they're probably developed in China. So they've already been vetted. Is what I'm trying to say. So. These so it looks like there's mostly titles that were already vetted for for 
purchase in China. But yeah, um, finally a curated version of Steam. Yeah, <sighs> that would actually be kind of nice, but that's a whole other topic in itself. Curated for bad reasons, one might say. Yeah, Let's talk about some cybercrime for a little bit, I guess. So. We'll start this mm. one off with, so uh, some hackers got into CD Projekt Red and stole the source code for Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077. Also, allegedly, along with some stuff they're working on right now for future projects, which, cool, they're making future games, that's good. And they are holding a auction to buy that, I guess. Like The buy-in minimum was a million bucks, I think, or something? Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah something like that. But yeah, that's, huh, yeah. And but CD Projekt Red is not willing to pay the ransom. They've they've said they aren't they aren't going to kind of deal with like they aren't going to deal with them or you know they aren't going to give in. Essentially, they don't want to. We will all right. So their quote is: "We will not give in give into the demands nor negotiate with the actor, being aware that this may eventually lead to the release of compromised data." I think the best hot take I've seen across this was someone's reaction of, what are they going to do, fix cyberpunk? Like, <laughs> Womp womp. Yeah, I, yeah, also, this is the most cyberpunk thing that could have happened really to CG Project Red. It really goddamn is. Like, it's, this is like on-brand. Is this like a giant, sense. is this like a giant, <laughs> like, like, stealth marketing ARG at this point? But yeah, I, what are they going to do? Fix Cyberpunk? Yep. I can imagine, too, they're like, when they set this thing up, they're like, yeah, Cyberpunk's going to be huge. We're going to hold it over their heads. And Cyberpunk came out, and they're like, well, I guess we got to steal it now, I guess. All that yeah. time we put in making this thing happen. Uh, we're stealing Cyberpunk. Guess we'll grab Witcher 3 while we're at it. And, but CD Projekt Red will not give a coin for the Witcher. No, no, they will not, apparently. It would also be kind of. Not to say like they, it would be cool if this goes badly and it gets out there, but I always find like the revelations people pull out of source code occasionally for this type of stuff. Either it's like just this is the most spaghetti code ever, or like hi, there was a whole second game inside The Witcher Three that didn't happen. I find that stuff kind of cool when it comes to light. Yeah, yeah. What Sometimes kinda? yeah, those findings are interesting. It's a, it, because some companies eventually you know, as we've seen that will release their source code to the open just for the heck of it like one one piece of source code i keep going back to to just trawl my way through it is the wolfenstein 3d source code that that they released officially and that's some fascinating c code like kind of mind-boggling in a sense but yeah we'll see we'll see if they actually have the code or if this was all a major bluff on the opposite end of the cybercrime spectrum, though, we have Bloodborne. And I think we talked about this a long-ass time ago. I think it's been, like, years since this was last talked about. But a modder managed to get Bloodborne running at 60 frames a second and at the time said, make this thing or I'll release how to do this. And, well, it wasn't made a thing, so it's been released. Yeah, they've also, yeah, this this the patch's creator... Has worked on other stuff as well. Yeah. Worked on a apparently a near automata cheat code, and also worked on the PT teaser thing. Yeah. So it's for free. But the stances go enjoy it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
This has been a thing. Yeah, I really hope that Bloodborne 2 becomes a thing eventually. I would love to see more of that. Five controllers are experiencing some uh, drift on them, and the fix for it is a fucking pain in the ass, apparently. This isn't quite as widespread as the Nintendo Switch drift stuff is, but man, it fucking sucks we keep getting new consoles that have drift on them. Yeah, and I think I kind of, uh, just knowing a little more about the hardware side of it, I think I know what's happening. Like, it kind of occurred to me. Mm -hmm. So, there's an increasing demand for, like, sensitivity. Like, sensitivity for a joystick. That means it's probably going to be a little more fragile if it's more sensitive. I'm not sure if that's necessarily always the case, but it could be the case that this kind of desire for you know increasingly sensitive controllers and del and sort of maybe has led to slightly more delicate electronics so i'm not sure like there get like uh, this is that's pure speculation uh, i you know i haven't really i don't own a ps5 controller and i have not def- so i have definitely not taken one apart to look at the actuators and stuff but yeah. i i wouldn't surprise me too much if in the quest for a more sensitive joystick, it also ended up maybe being a little more delicate. So that might have happened in both of these cases. There's a lot going on in that controller, too, the whole like haptic feedback thing. Mm, yeah. But if you ever find yourself wondering, hey, why hasn't Charlie tried to track down a PS5 yet? This is why. <laughs> the kind of stuff that happens the first year of a console, that and also fucking PS5s are impossible to find still. Yep, but- 100%. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, even though I haven't bought a console in a very long time, I would never advise buying a console early at this point. Especially, I just remember the early stuff with the Xbox 360s, the Red Ring of Death. That was like a thing. That just that was a ongoing problem for for a while until they got sort of new versions and new hardware. But yeah. All right, we'll do our depressing one, then go with maybe my favorite weird, two kind of favorite weird things of the week. We got to talk about Riot Games again. Surprise, surprise. Mm. It's, uh, let's get into this one, I guess. Um, like we've talked about this before, but maybe it was a different member of Riot staff at this point, but uh, Riot Games CEO Nicolo? Nicolo? I don't yeah, know. Probably Nicolo Loren. Yeah being sued uh, by former employees repeated yeah. sexual harassment not like once but multiple times of course this is all allegedly because this has not gone through the court or yep. you know gone through the system but knowing what we know about riot games not fucking surprised because usually the rot starts at the fucking top for stuff like this. Uh, yeah, Especially and- when it comes to use of power dynamics. Like, that. that's why there's, when you hear the most egregious cases of sort of, you know, long-term sex, sexual harassment, it's, they've been, the only reason they've been able to do long-term is because of the power dynamics at play. Between, you know, bosses and, you know, their people that they boss around. So, yeah, but, yeah, let's go a little deeper into it. There's not really much more to go into just yet. Like, it's, uh... Yeah, I guess so. It's, all, it's, all, it, it's based on kind of allegations of ongoing systemic behavior, kind of abuses of power. Like, they 
this is gonna sound terrible, the typical riot gambit, if you will, at this point kind of thing, like the stuff we've been talking about negatively at Riot for years at this point. Like I feels like years. Maybe it hasn't been years. It's gotta have been It feels well it's been a couple of years. Yeah. But in any case it's well, I mean, there are cases for that ongoing. Like it's not like they're they're even done with the past yeah, of this, this stuff. This is the kind of latest one in that one. It's more specific where kind of the previous ones were more about general kind of riot culture and workspace. Not, not, not necessarily. There's some of the more specific. This one is definitely a person versus a person. I guess. Maybe not mm-hmm. unique, but stuff that kind of it's been a while since we had one of those pertaining to. Yeah, there's also claims of just sort of in general, like like not just yeah, I guess like sexual harassment and but also like just gender discrimination. Yeah, often and, as and a result the claim, which, of the sexual harassment. Yeah. And so, and that's, there again, no surprise, because that's what they've been in trouble for in the first fucking place. This entire time! It's been kind of a wide stroke, like, this is what we're mad about the company overall, like, and this is the first, maybe not even the first, like, because, was there CFO? It's one the of the CEO? more specific, yeah, yeah, it's one of the more specific ones, where yeah, some have, of the other ones were more about, like... Well, that one guy departed, like, had, Couple years ago, a year ago at this point, yeah. that was one of the higher. Was the one of the chief offer up? The chief was not remember what it was, but this is the CEO or yeah, CEO, which it shouldn't be, but it always seems to be more of a big deal when it gets to being the CEO. Yeah, CEO. and that's the that's that, and there again, like the power dynamics in play in a case like that is even worse when it's the person at the top of the company, where they can absolutely have the power to do whatever they you know do or they want to a certain extent. Yeah. If that's you know if the there again if the board of directors and stuff like that allows them to, they can get away with that. So I think Riot obviously has a long way to go because I haven't seen a whole lot of accountability here. Like paying out money is different than like there again. And I go well I go back to Ubisoft because they've been so big in the news about this sort of thing. Ubisoft fired a shit ton of people, and mainly in top positions, which that just tells me at least it seems like Ubisoft is taking it a little bit seriously. They're not just like, well, we'll pay out these claims, but, we, but we're also going to say, like, we're not going to say whether or not there's actually guilt here, we're just paying off these claims. No, they're not playing that fucking game. They fired people. You know, whether enough people have been fired, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't have all the stories from that, and you know, I don't have inside information on that, as I don't have inside information about Riot. But yeah, it's I don't know. It, it, I don't think Riot's still taking it seriously about cleaning up their company culture. Nothing that I've seen them say or put out or anything has shown that they have. Any any like, sense what, of being sorry about fucking anybody talking about more or less the same issue? Like, yeah, that, that's... and and as as well as like I I've seen a whole lot of empty fucking words about it and no accountability. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is just another sign that you know even though it's allegedly that Riot isn't really taking this fucking seriously, and they don't care to take it seriously. If I had to guess, it kind of seems they just keep hoping it will go away because they're Riot and they make League of Legends and and now Valorant and other games yeah. and whatever. But moving on from that, though, it is February, which means we have to talk about E3 2021 and the fact that it is apparently 
this year happening, unlike last year, the year without E3, for obvious reasons. So this week, uh, the kind of, we got the rounds made of what it seems like E3 2021 is going to be. They're shopping around the idea of a three-day kind of digital streaming showcase thing, which if we're not being if we're being totally honest, that's what's kind of been the last couple of years from a public perception. Like yeah, the first three days, which just the press release, the press conferences, and the days of reveals are arguably more interesting at this point than the rest of it. Like as someone who's been to E3 and got to watch that thing go from really cool to okay, yeah, maybe letting the public in was a bad idea. <laughs> You've been before, haven't you, Henry? No, I haven't. Really? Okay. I, I don't. I've never been involved in sort of like public public relations for a company usually i i've i've represented a company at conventions and stuff like that before but generally not like as a developer you're often not in a in a you're not going to be sent out in a pr marketing capacity no, sure. and sometimes you can you can see why in some of the like e3 stuff even where it's like clearly a developer is on the stage and they're just like obviously super nervous and just wooden and it's like kind of like you feel bad for them because it seems like that they are not in their element not even slightly so yeah there's there's a reason why i i mean while i would probably do fine because you know in in my experience as a teacher i'm used to dealing with the public a lot so but most developers are not and so most time most of the time developers are not asked to go to a so what is a a marketing event? You know, it is a press release marketing event. So, yeah, <laughs> I haven't been. Like, it, you know, there's other things that I've definitely been to, but I haven't been to E3. I've never had any reason to be go to E3. Yeah, no, fair. I started going back when I got to watch the thing kind of slide from the idealized what I had in my head of E3 to the, oh, right, the public ruins everything moment of that. Yeah, I have. I, I I am always kind of like uh, curious to see like when developers do get dragged out to a thing like E3, like how they handle it. Not well, and like and that's been the kind of the well. ongoing story for a long for a long time. It's why the parties there were legendary, often for bad reasons. But that's a whole separate yeah. topic. But yeah, yeah. Look, we're getting E3 this year, which I don't know as a person that talks about video games on a weekly basis on a podcast. I like that E3's back, like. We've had issues sure. with the ESA, yeah. but E3 itself was video game Christmas. It's it's a fun thing for gamers, I guess. Like it's the gamer holiday as much as I. You, you find out a sense. lot of stuff about upcoming games, or yeah. you know, or new stuff about games that exist, and yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it, <laughs> there's very rare kind of neutral, unifying moments in gaming where just like it's the everyone's eyes are watching more or less the same thing for periods of time and it's it, i don't know like it, the idea of e3 is what i like more at some point this time the way reality of e3 is because reality of e3 is kind of a fucking nightmare but also yeah digital e3 maybe we'll never see a real d3 ever a physical e3 ever again this is what it should have been i think the last couple of years what has been the last couple of years if we're being totally honest about it you get a better show not going to it at this point than actually goes. you just can't go to those press conferences like they're they're yep. kind of invite only. They're not part of E3. And this week we have what 
I'm not sure if this is the funniest news of this week, but it's definitely up there in kind of the head-scratcher category. We have the game Terraria, which, if I remember correctly, you're a fan of this game, aren't you, Henry? Yeah, I play it on occasion. I haven't played that much of it, but it's fun. It's 2D Minecraft. It's literally just 2D yeah. Minecraft. So. so a version of Terraria was coming for Stadia. Remember Stadia, that thing we talked about last week being shut down? Well... There's no longer a version of Terraria coming to Stadia for the dumbest reasons ever. How do we go so, through this one? I guess like it's so <sighs> the schism here is caused by the Terraria staff or Terraria kind of company got locked out of their Google account. One guy behind Terraria, right? Mainly, yeah. yes. And so, uh, well, no, I mean, I one guy in the lead. There are more developers. But in any case, like, the lead guy got locked out of all of his Google accounts. Yeah. And so he said, yep, we're not making that now because I can't get into my Google accounts. Yep. So it's not like they could even do it if they wanted to. Hmm. To quote him, I had just bought Lord of the Rings 4K and can't finish it. On one hand, yeah, I'm sure there's an actual explanation to this. On the other hand, if this is actually just what happened, I love how fucking petty this is and fully support it. Yeah. Not much more to that. Just, that's what it is. Yeah, it's just kind of like, huh, that's weird. I wonder what happened. I mean, that's the thing. We don't have any other information on that other than this person can't get into their accounts. Yeah. Like any of their accounts, which is real weird. And who knows what the issue was. Maybe there is, I, I can't even speculate. There's too many things that could have happened for reasons why they would have been locked out of their accounts. But I would expected. I haven't You'd seen be aware Google of make it, though. In theory, I don't know, but I would have expected like Google to have made a statement on this. Uh, and I'm looking. I'm just kind of looking at their Twitter feed to see if they've written anything about this because this was written back on the seventh or whatever, and I don't see anything about it. Like they have not responded to it. Yeah. Which is real weird. You'd think that they would want to. I mean, all right, so Terraria is not the largest game in the world, but it has a pretty devoted yeah, following. It's, it's a thing you would it's maybe known. Want it's on a the known stadium. game. It's 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 a known game. And it's not like it's, you know, some obscure thing hiding in the catalog. Like lots of gamers, like people who play video games, lots of them will know at least what it is, if not maybe having played it. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was the Stardew Valley that's too at the side scroller or if it was the Minecraft that's side scroller. But yeah, I, I'm at least, me who does not play it at all is still aware that Terraria is a thing. Yeah, and yeah, that seems real weird. That also, yeah, they have yet to make any sort of statement on that. Like maybe a statement like, you know, this was a mistake and we're trying to rectify it, and or you know, there's a reason why we we lock this person out of their accounts or whatever. It's like, nope, nothing silence. Since that, that's not helping the, and that's not helping the whole case here. I have to say, this is what you get for bad talking stadia, I guess. <sighs> but that does it for news this week. Uh, weird week of news time for emails. We do have two emails, but I'm going to save one of them for Alex. It feels like a question that we want to ask when Alex is here. We can be reached at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Send them in! This email comes from Anonymous. Your Wicked Awesome Cast. 
now that Henry can die in peace knowing that he can build a coffin made from official Sonic Lego sets, I was wondering <laughs> if there were other licenses you would like to see Lego make. I first would love a Gundam... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Gundam Technic line. This is Gudom Technic line. Might be something else. But given the popularity of those plastic model kits, I highly doubt that will ever happen. Hmm. Lego Gundam would be That cool. would be a huge crossover. Yeah, Lego Gundam I would mean, be cool. And it would make a lot of money because, like, just just in Japan, that thing would sell out. Yeah. They would run out of Lego pieces <laughs> to, to 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 manufacture for them. I mean, yeah, like Gundam is. I mean, there's a reason they've been able to build giant life size Gundams in Japan. It's not because it's a lesser known property. That's a major major property in Japan yeah. to this day. And even though it's lesser known here in the U.S., it's a behemoth in Japan, and that would be huge. That's actually a really good idea, because I feel like it would work really well. Like, I think there's a lot of reasons why a Lego Gundam uh, set would work extremely well. Yeah, someone who owns the uh, Destiny Mega Blocks, um, any video game I'm into, I'd always love a Lego set, especially if it's a... If it's a vehicle-based thing, I'm always into that idea. How, how about, I guess, you haven't really watched much Gundam, have you? I've watched quite a bit of Gundam. I am oh, all yeah, for you this. I, I'm a okay. big Gundam fan. I was just curious, like, like what would you like to see sort of a, a, a one scene that is done, like a scene or a uh, plot point? That's done in Lego. I, what would you like to see? That's a Gundam plot point. I don't want a scene. Lego. I guess like it's. There's a scene I want. <laughs> I, I can't think of a scene. Like I, there's certain Gundams. I want the, I guess I want the one want. where he accidentally fucking kills like Amaro Ray. Accidentally fucking kills like his ally because she got in the way when he was trying to kind of angrily strike at his rival. <laughs> yeah, I, I go the opposite direction. I have like. I have two or three Gundam series I like a lot, but mostly I kind of fall back on. There's like very specific models I guess I like a lot more than anything else. Like it's the, I have a mm. I have a weakness for Death Sight from Gundam Wing, and I also like Tall Geese a lot from Gundam Wing, which I, I know those are weird ones to pick. Um, the G Gundam I love the franchise because it's ridiculous, but I'm not sure I want anything from that ever to be something I've made out of uh, Legos. <sighs> The one I want, I can never remember the name of it, it was, I think it was an 008 team. There was a blue, um, Gauf, Goof, have you pronounced the name of them? The guys, the, the one eye things with the pointy heads that had a Gatling gun shield sword combo thing. And I have bought that fucking model multiple times in multiple scales. Like, it's just something about that one specific model I love. I have it in like four different sizes at this point in my life. Even like it's if I see that thing and I don't own that version of it, I buy it because I'm like, oh, it's that fucker, awesome. There's something about the weapon combo for it I thought was really cool as a kid, and I just it stuck with me to this day. I really just any yeah. Japanese mecha stuff I'd be into. Like fucking give me, I don't know, Power Ranger Megazord Legos already. I'd be down for that. Give me the oh yeah, that Legos. would also be that would that would also sell like hotcakes. That would sell like crazy all around the world, actually, like a like a Power Rangers one because that's that's a property that is well known everywhere. Like, whereas Gundam, I would say, is 
lesser known to a certain extent, you know, outside of Japan. Power Rangers was marketed everywhere. I mean, that's uh, yeah, like yeah, that's that would be that would be an interesting one. Yeah, uh, if you want to get I, real specific, uh, give me the fucking Outlaw Star from Outlaw Star. Like that's if you mm. if I could have one Lego model set that came with all like that high end adult Lego model annoyance accuracy, give me the Outlaw Star. Ooh, I'd like to see Lego versions of the angels from Neon Genesis Evangelion. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I, I definitely the Evas at least. They are Eva units. The, the, the Evas would be all right, but the angels are the ones with really wild designs, I have to say. Those would be cool in Lego Forb, I think. Um, as far as other maybe other things that are maybe more obscure, I'm trying to think, like, or just things I would like to see done in Lego. I, hmm. I mean, the I, I'm kind of thinking. I guess the fact that the anonymous wrote in about Gundam has got me thinking about like cool mechanical stuff that would look really neat. Okay, yeah. Go. So kind of in that vein of things, this is gonna sound really dumb. Just give me World War Two tanks. Hmm. Like I, they've that's already kind of been done, but not by Lego. Yeah, that, Lego their, their technical line is what I'd want to see them do it in, I guess. I, mm. As I get older, I have a more I, I have an increasing appreciation for the technical line, like, because of last week I was on their website, and I saw they have, like, a grave digger from the monster trucks. So I'm like, oh, that's cool, like, and that's... I'm not sure I'd buy a Lego model set at this point, the way Henry would, but, like, a Technic set that, like, is a little bit more mechanical, and a little bit more kind of car model I guess, kind of its nature at that point. I could be down with, and I could definitely be down with some, like, heavy military hardware-style stuff, I guess. Like, that's... As someone who's a huge fan of, like, the Gundam snap-together model stuff, I have a bunch of them in my garage right now that I never get around to building. I don't know. I, I love the mecha. I love the heavy machine things. I, I, the Sonic stuff is cool, but the Sonic stuff is also... it's the I respect this exists, but it's also not for me the same way it is for Henry. But if you want to get into, like, recreating, like, specific heavy item things out of Lego where I think it works best, then you have me interested. Like, make Transformers out of Lego. Like, I, I will be happy if I can make, like, an Optimus Prime, and I don't even care if it doesn't transform, just make the fucking truck. Or I guess I want Megatron at that point, technically. I guess other licensed properties, I think, would be kind of neat. It's mainly ones that I would see, like, that have some sort of a cool building because, yeah. like, while there's lots of just general properties I like, you know, like, you know, there's some Marvel DC stuff. Yeah, it's you just could like, go through a whole list of vintage video that, games. But that, that wouldn't really... I don't think that would be really cool to see in LEGO. What I, I think would be cool to see in LEGO is more the, kind of the machinery type stuff. I mean, that's that's really what I'm kind of seeing here. I mean, right now I have sitting just kind of in my room... A uh, and I mentioned this a Lego set for Supernatural, which is the charger that the brothers use, that the Winchester brothers use. So that's it. You as like well as like little, you like the kind of moments from that stuff, and I'm more of like I just want the I just want the fucking Gundam. I don't care if it's the scene. I just want the Gundam to sit on my shelf. Yeah, and I guess that's also why I like the idea for the Song of the Hedgehog because it's also going to be basically it's going to be yeah. a scene in a certain sense. It's going to be kind of a snapshot of the game. And whereas, you know, and I think the idea of having a, you know, there again, like with the cool mechanical stuff, like a, you know, Eggman slash Robotnik mecha. That Robotnik mech does look good. Yeah, that would be very cool. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I don't have any particularly surprising 
like ideas that I might think would be cool. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, because it's mainly like stuff with cool robots. I mean, the big O would be kind of neat. That would be badass, actually. Yeah, like that. Just it's a cool looking mecha with a very neat design, very awesome design. I think. Yeah, and some of the other mecha in that show were also pretty cool. But also, like, tiny versions of Roger and Dorothy would also be kind of fun. <laughs> Having little Lego versions of the two of them. But yeah, the, uh... Yeah, I think the... Yeah, I... Yeah, I guess, for me, it'd be... Mecha. Just Mecha, period. Like, Mecha. Like, a lot of different types of Mecha. Like, it is... And it, and it could even, like, get into, like, Robotech. Would be cool. Robotech uh, like to see some of the uh, the yeah I, I always stay away from the stuff that transforms because I don't necessarily want the Lego to transform I just want it to kind of sit on a shelf mm. and be a thing because you're, you're missing kind of half the cool at that point but yeah I guess that's true um I guess uh, you know I uh, Voltron if we're gonna go right down that that yeah. memory lane that would be cool that would be I think that would be neat because they could actually like kind of form together yeah in in theory. I, yeah, I don't know, like, I think, I think that really hits the Gundam thing, I think that was an interesting idea, and it hits upon the thing where mechanical stuff is really cool to do in Legos, like, like, I've seen cool Legos of, like, made of, like, you know, like, life-size Darth Vader, which is really amazing, but I think the mechanical stuff, like cars and stuff like that, and buildings as well, I guess interesting buildings and landmarks is also pretty neat. They already have a line, entire line devoted to that, but cool yeah. mecha. I think that's what we're missing right now in LEGO, is lots of cool mecha from whatever properties you might think of You that, you know, that would be good for... I mean... Uh, yeah, is there again? Like, I think like uh, other properties that I like, I don't think would be interesting in Lego. Like anything that's like drama, more drama based or more like really character heavy versus like characters and the things they own. I I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of like where where I would sort of say draw the, yeah, for me that'd be like where the line is is like it needs to have. Something that would be very remarkable, yeah, to have in a to have as a Lego set, rather than just like, well, these are cool characters, you know, like you know, Re Zero is a popular one, but that'd be kind of boring as a Lego set, I think. I mean, oh, oh, Attack on Titan. <laughs> ah, that's more of a scene thing, I think, at that point. No, the giant weird. Uh, weirdly deformed, you know, naked humans. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but no, but yeah, I think yeah, mechanical stuff would be the way to go. Like the the ones with more cool mechanical designs, or even cool notable buildings, would be kind of neat. I don't, I guess I don't have any big surprises there. Make the evil the, uh, J- um, Japan-based corporation building. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Make that one. Yeah. I'd be interested but, in buying that. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess, yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't have anything. No, thanks but, for writing yeah. in. I will save the one about yeah. cereal for next week when Alex is here. I mm. expect Alex won't be upset about that one. 
But yeah, <laughs> wickedawesomecast, gmail.com, spells it sounds down the show notes. Send them in if you got them. For a slow couple weeks for emails, but we appreciate them showing up. Yeah. I think that means we're more or less done with the podcast. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, uh, I, I'll just kind of, my last kind of bit, I I am Kraken Zero, that's spelled Z-E-R Zero, on social media, that's on Twitch, on Facebook, on Instagram, and now on Twitter, but in truth, my Twitter and Facebook are just mirrors for my Instagram. I yeah. post on Instagram, and I use the app to double post on both of those, or I guess triple post. And if I'm on Twitch, if I'm going on Twitch, I will generally put out a social media post about it. I'm been I've been trying to I've been trying to stream a lot more often these days. Um and yeah, it's it's been fun. Like I've gotten some cool raids in from people and yeah, I got some interesting conversations. I'm still kind of tweaking my setup. And, but yeah, uh, if I'm streaming, I'll be announcing it on my social media. Not quite into a set schedule yet, but I'm getting close to that. I'm kind of figuring out when I actually have time to, when I actually have proper time to just sit and stream for a couple of hours. So, that may be coming, an actual schedule. And don't forget to also subscribe to uh, Captain Scrump. Yes. That may become an interesting <laughs> Instagram the next couple of weeks, but we'll see. <laughs> But yeah, no. Um yeah. You wanna close it out or should I? Cue the metal. Yeah.